Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet younger star Nico Tortorella, comedian Akila Hughes, and podcaster and meditation teacher Corey Allen. Each of these young writers are using their creativity and talent to inspire others to grow through art, introspection, and joyous expression. Hear them talk honestly about recording their audiobooks. Plus, find out which of these authors has finally become their own love bomb. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Nico Tortorella. And I wrote a book. It's called Space Between, Explorations of Love, Sex, and Fluidity. People really inspired me to write this book. This book is really just like the next step of my artistic evolution. I had a podcast for a while called The Love Bomb in which I explored love, sex, and expression and identity, right, through the lens of other people. And I always knew that I wanted to put together my own version of my podcast in written form. And this is basically my love bomb episode. If I had to use one word to describe what it was like recording my audiobook, yo, exhausting. This shit is work. Ugh. Reading poetry is one thing. Reading a real book, y'all, are trying me. Is there a word or phrase I didn't know how to pronounce? Not necessarily. I realize that, like, I write a lot in alliteration, which, like, sometimes gets me hung up in the dialogue, right? I mean, I wrote poetry first, so, like, there's, like, a beat to everything that I write, and it was difficult to, like, stray away from that while reading this, you know? What about my narration and my proudest of? Probably just my rawness, the vulnerability that's in it all. Like, this book is my purge. If I couldn't read this book, who would I want to read it for me? Hmm. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman as God. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I have a favorite audiobook? All of it is you. It's a really awesome audiobook. Definitely my fave. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is probably in my ears with some headphones. You know, it's great in there. And my favorite place to read... Is on an airplane, actually. Hey, this is Akila Hughes. I am the author of Obviously Stories from My Timeline. So you know how sometimes people say that, like, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock? Plymouth Rock landed on us. That's sort of how this book came to be. I didn't set out to write a book. The book sort of set out to happen. I was friends with a girl who worked at Penguin from doing improv classes in New York, and I went to lunch with her and her editor, and after a very funny, nice, regular lunch, a couple weeks later, they were like, you have to write a book. And so I started, and now you have heard it. (laughs) If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be exhilarating because it felt like I was reading it 
for the first time because when I was writing it, I wasn't reading it out loud. So there were so many moments where I had to remember that, like, maybe don't laugh super loud in these people's ear. <laughs> don't don't scream. But uh, it was all very exciting because it felt like for the first time the book was completed. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word particularly. It just doesn't flow in any sentence I wrote, and I wrote it in a lot of sentences. I also got into quite the discussion of how you pronounce the state Oregon, because I say Oregon, like Portland, Oregon, like your lungs are an organ. (laughs) But apparently there is Oregon, and then there's also Oregon. So the jury is still out. I think I ended up saying Oregon in the book, but... It's always Oregon in my heart. I'm proud that I was able to make it through the chapter about my relationship with my father. I did cry in it, and I think that listeners are going to be a little shook. But, you know, it was the truest, realest thing, and I just was glad that I was very open as I was reading some things that felt very personal. So if I wasn't going to record my audiobook— I would cast Oprah. She probably wouldn't do it because I can't afford her. But I think the way that she speaks, listening to her podcast, she's just got the best speaking voice ever. And I think that for a lot of the things that I wrote that are someone screaming about something or (laughs) excited, I think she would have put that, like, Oprah stank on it. You know, everything needs a little bit more Oprah stank. (laughs) So I do listen to audiobooks, and my favorite time to listen to audiobooks are when I'm doing something that is soul-sucking, like emptying my dishwasher or loading my washer. As I'm saying this, I'm realizing how lucky I am to have a dishwasher and a washer and dryer. So I will say, you know, anytime I have to fold laundry or paint a room, anything that feels tedious, that's when an audiobook comes in pretty clutch. The last great audiobook I listened to was Trevor Noah's Born a Crime because he does all of the accents and voices from South Africa so beautifully and, like, it just makes you feel like you're actually a part of it. Hi, this is Corey Allen, author of Now is the Way. I was inspired to write my book because... People in the modern world are suffering. Technology has evolved way faster than our biology, and we're living in a world with new problems. We are overwhelmed by data, by information, and ultimately that has left us living in a momentum of distraction. That is giving rise to feelings of anxiety, of depression, of general overwhelm, and ultimately it's causing us to miss out on the fullness and the abundance of what living a human life has to offer. I spent the last 20 years studying Eastern and Western philosophy, walking the inner path, meditating, and so forth, and I figured out to deconstruct my suffering and get on the other side of it, live a more positive life, and learn how to author my future. On my podcast, The Astro Hustle, I began sharing my life experiences, and the feedback was so overwhelming from the listeners sharing that they had experienced same things or were experiencing those things now. That's whenever I realized that these challenges were universal human experiences, not just things I was experiencing, and that it was time to write a guide so that I could share my map with other people. 
If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be psychedelic. <laughs> First off, I am from Austin, Texas, and so it's very hot during the summer. So it's quite hot, obviously, when you're recording an audiobook. You cannot have AC pumping or a fan going. So it's quite warm in the studio. And then spending hours reading your own words is kind of like listening to your own funeral in this weird way. You gain this meta sense of awareness because you already know what's coming next. But given that the human mind doesn't have the capacity to retain all of the exact words that are in your book, you kind of forget it, but remember it as you're reading it. So there was this interesting, cyclical, almost self-hypnotizing process that I found myself in while I was reading the audio. Because of course I knew what I had written, but it was almost as if it was coming to me for the first time as I read it. As you get into this rhythm of reading the words and saying them out loud for a long duration of time, for me anyway, my mind almost kind of zoomed out above my body while also being present at the same time and coasted in this long, interesting, almost intoxicated type of state. Of course, there were a handful of different things I pronounced incorrectly, mainly words in other languages, one of which I remember was... Uh, I said Eckhart Tolle instead of Eckhart Tolle whenever I referenced him. I said Rainer Maria Rilke instead of Rilke whenever I mentioned that. And also, depending on how you write, like anglicized Eastern names, whenever I was mentioning Lao Tzu or Xuan Tzu, I had written it and I'd always said them as Lao Tzu or Xuan Tzu, but I was saying it different than I had written it in the book and had to correct that. One of the words I was just straight up mispronouncing because I've always done this for some reason, was Alzheimer's. I always say Alzheimer's. <laughs> That's actually an improvement, because before that, as a kid, I used to think that Alzheimer's was called <laughs> old-timers disease, because elderly people seemed to be the ones that suffered from Alzheimer's disease. <laughs> What's important to me is that I bring the feeling that I'm feeling to the listener of the audiobook. And... It takes a bit of discipline and focus to not only be reading clearly and concisely, but also making sure that you're not lost in your intellectual mind, that you're still tapped into your emotional mind, you know, the heart mind, and that those two things are connected and working so that the listener is getting a clear representation in the audiobook of the words, but also getting the feeling of presence and peacefulness and curiosity that I wanted to share. Who is my dream narrator, living or dead? If I hadn't done it myself, I would have to say Alan Watts. Not only has he been a huge inspiration to me over my life, but he has such an incredible voice. He has an English accent, which never hurts. And also he has such a beautiful rhythmic dance in the way that he speaks. You can hear the twinkle in his eye, in his voice, but there's also incredible, timeless wisdom coming through at the same time. And that's something that is really inspiring to me. And it would be an incredible honor to have Alan Watts, if he were still alive, read something I'd written. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.